Welcome to RAQA Today, the podcast that puts the fun back in quality, compliance, and regulatory affairs. Here's your host, Michelle Lott. I'm here with my friend, Richard Houlihan, who is the uh, founder and CEO of Udemed, and he sat on the committees developing Udemed very early on. So how developed overall, would you say, is the database? Like, I, I get, I'm guessing since they, ha- they have the ability to add a f- tag or feature that it's fairly functional until they're trying to make it dysfunctional? They're overusing what they've got. Let's put it that way. Uh, well, maybe not even overusing. There, there probably is a very, very, very important reason for it. And one, one thing that it would do is it would prevent, prevent um, duplicates. Because if, what was there before, if you upload five times, it would have created version one to five. But now by adding this, if you don't have your previous version number, you don't go any further. So maybe, maybe that was one reason behind it. I think it's a stretch. But that could be one reason behind it. But where the database is, I, they're five years on this. right? They started this in 2016. The legislation and everything didn't turn up in 2017. But the, the actors module, the one that the commission had full competence over, that was started in 2016. There's 25 people on the team now. They're actually up to project manager number 10, as far as I know, which is <laughs> awesome. Um, myself and Raf, a gentleman called Raf. He was first. I was second. We kind of did it together. He looked after the business to start with, and I looked after the technical. So we were the first two in. He left, I left, and now they're up to number 10. Wow. It was the most stressful project I have ever been involved in. And if you've got that much turnover in the directors and the leadership of the program, no wonder it's... It causes uh, problems. Yeah. I, I guess it's fully functional to the extent you can say that now and that all industry, there are no exceptions. People have to work in Unimed, period. Well, <clears throat> um, the fully functional... That's a different definition. Mm-hmm. Because to be fully fu- for Udemed to be fully functional, every single module has to be in place. Technically, it's functioning now, and it's functioning fine. There is going to be a few bugs here and there, and people will bitch about it. But you know what? Windows, when Bill Gates was demoing Windows 95, he got a blue screen on stage in front of the world. Every software has bugs. So my IT background... Give people a break if there's a bug. It's not gonna. It's not gonna kill anybody. They would. They, they really did try to get something absolutely perfect. Um, it has taken an inordinate amount of time. It has been tested to the nth degree, but there will always be bugs because it doesn't matter how good testing is. And I know that I know the testers, and it doesn't matter how good the testing is. There's no accounting for people. They try and catch every single scenario they can, mm-hmm. but there's no accounting for what people will attempt to do. So how many modules? I think that was a great point that you uh, that you pointed out about, well, it depends on how you define fully functional. And how many modules is Udemed supposed to be? And then how many do they actually have working right now? It's supposed to be six. 
We're, st- we're missing vigilance, clinical investigations, and post-market surveillance. When I was there, we always spoke about the core modules. And the core modules, actors, devices, certificates, and notified bodies. And a bit of vigilance. Like the mirror form, FSCA, maybe mirror form and FCA. And they were considered the core modules. And one of, one of the initial ideas was that they were going to put out an implementing act which designated that as fully functional. Because as soon as it's fully functional, then it's legally binding. Mm. So there's actually, it's actually quite a big thing when they, when they designate this. But one of, one of the questions that you'd, you'd mentioned that uh, might be worth covering was the dates. When will it be fully functional? At the moment, it looks like it won't be fully functional before the middle of 2023. But, and now I have nothing to back this up, bar memories of conversations. But I would be very, very wary of waiting so far away to start getting my data in there. Because if they do pop out with an implementing act and designate it overnight, next May we'll say, as fully functional, then it's legally binding and you got to get your data in there. And as we talked about, that's no small feat. There's a lot. There's, I mean, mm-hmm. on our um, MDR template, there's 20 tabs. Mm-hmm. For the FDA, you put everything on one line and it's gone. But there's so many places in Udemy where you could have multiple records or indeed repeating data because of multiple languages. We had to split everything into a separate tab so that... Uh, yeah, so you can get all the data in there. But there's 20 tabs on the MDR one. Speak a little bit to just the language requirements. Language as in? Like, like you, do you have to enter a new record for every language that you're? Yes. IFUs are in? Um, for trade names. It's a small thing, trade names. You can enter multiple records on trade names. And you can enter multiple trade names in the same language. But then if you go to um, clinical sizes and you've got the type, the size type, and the measure unit, right? There's, there's four or five fields in there, but just those two in particular. If you select other for either of those or both of those, then you have to enter information in, in one or more languages. But over and above that, if you select other for both of them, then you have to enter the multiple languages the same amount for each one. So if you've English, French, and German for the type other, then for the measure unit, you have to have English, French, and German in there as well. You can enter it all 19 languages if you want, but they do have, it does have the ability to take the languages everywhere from the additional descriptions um, for the system of procedure packs, the medical purpose, again, that can take, I think it's up to about 20,000 characters in the uh, description. That's a lot of characters. A lot of characters. And then you go to translate that. Mm-hmm. And if you do all the languages, the, 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 size, the size of the data that's going to be gone up there is absolutely monstrous. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is only if you're going... We're talking about if you're going in the, in the front end and in, in through the forms. But if you're going from the XML, it just builds and builds and builds. Absolutely. Even a small device 
takes up a whole load of XML. And mm-hmm. that, that is where people are going to run into a lot of problems in particular. It's dead easy to type the stuff in through the front end. And if you've only 5, 10, 15, 20 UDIs, go do it in the front end. It's a pain, but you can just get it in there nicely. Anything above that, I think you're going to run into trouble because people get tired. Even No matter how good the data entry person is, it's, it's repetitive. It's repetitive over and over. And you kind of, oh, I just pasted that into the wrong field and I press submit, and now it's live with a description in the wrong field because there's a lot of free text fields in it. And Udemy obviously can't check free text. So if you upload or if you submit some free text that's totally incorrect for where it's been put, that means you either, if you're quick, you can do this update for correction. If the certificate has already been attached by the notified body by the time you see it, then you have to create a new version. And on the public site, people just see new versions. They don't know it's just the data. They look at the version and it's your product as far as they're concerned. So if you've made a few mistakes, your product's only a few months old, you're at version five, your competitor's at version one that's a year old, I know which one I'd pick. So again, they have to be so careful on the versioning. They have to keep it as low as possible. So it makes it look like you've had a bunch of unnecessary product changes. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no, there was nowhere in there that the commission, it would be dead easy to put a field in. Reason for version, reason for change. Ah, I made a mistake in the text, so we're just updating. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was never there. So from the public's point of view, all they will see is the version number and how old the product is. There's no warning to tell them otherwise. So we've talked a lot about the impacts on industry and what it's like for industry to interact with Udemed. What about the EAR, the notified body, the importer, the distributor? What has their experiences been like? Some of them are confused. For the, for the authorized representatives, they, I, I, I've had some of them stating that we want the full mandate, right? The, the commission released an example of a, of a sample mandate and it's a summary. It doesn't have to be 50 pages long, PDF'd and scanned and printed and all that. You can just put up a summary. So when this company's trying to connect to the authorized rep, the authorized rep either knows them or they don't. They've either signed a document or they haven't. But some of the authorized reps have been so picky we need the entire full document uploaded, which means you're uploading six, 10 megabytes for absolutely no reason other than they want to see what they signed last week. So you multiply that across thousands of companies and suddenly Udemed is bulking out for no reason. And that was one of the reasons why the commission wanted this sample. For the importers, their role changes. Before you used to have your, your fiscal and your physical but now you have the compliance importer. And a lot of companies are doing it themselves. A couple of companies that I'm dealing with are, do, are doing it um, like an authorized rep. They're just taking on the, the whole responsibility with the insurances and everything associated. And they have to check each load that comes through. They don't have to physically go to the warehouse and go, okay, box number five, there's incorrect. They just need to verify that the information on, we'll say, the manifest matches the information that's in Udemy. So if you're saying this basic UDI one, two, three is X, 
you need to go and look at the Udemy data and make sure that it's correct and it's in there as well. So they've they've a lot of um, it's more admin. I know it's like a compliance aspect, but there's quite a bit of um, admin on that that they'll have to do. What other roles do we have? Um, distributors, they don't have to go into Udemed, but they still have to check everything. They still have to keep registers of the, the no, all of them have to keep registers of the devices. Um, but the distributors, they still need to make sure that the labels are correct, the languages are correct, the, um, the information in Udemed, because they'll still be able to get to Udemed through the public site. So they have to be able to check and make sure everything's done. And what the MDR and the IVDR basically did was they created a police force, authorized rep, importers, and the um, distributors. If there's a problem with the device, they are legally obliged to contact the authorities. Wow, all of them. All of them. It's like a triple lock, but they are legally obliged. Wow. And if they, do, if they don't, you can be sure that the competent authorities are going to come down heavily on them because they, they now have legal obligations. Wow. And, you know, when you were saying that, I was just thinking of my days in manufacturing, you know, when I, uh, on the quality side and inspections. And when you have got, you know, the proverbial 200% inspection where yeah, somebody's yeah. doing something 100% and then somebody downstream does the same thing 100%, yeah. your net effect is probably only 80% at 200%. So it's like, okay, now we have... 100% from the manufacturer, 100% from the notified body, 100% from the EAR, 100% from the importer, and then the distributor, although they don't have to go have obligations to enter in Udemed, they have obligations to check it. That's 500%. Yeah. But they, they, they effectively have become a police force. Now, uh -huh. you're going to pay your authorized representative. You'll potentially pay your importer. And the first thing they'll do if you do something wrong is they will go rat on you. The whole thing is just a huge minefield. Uh -huh. it, it, re it really is. I mean, even listening to some of uh, Monier's and Eric Valdebrecht's um, commentaries on some of these, on some of the podcasts that they've done, even the importing of goods temporarily into Europe to be redistributed outside of Europe or vice versa, and it just creates this whole... Um, Complication. It's just massive complications. Tell the people briefly, how do you make all of this less painful? You can put your data into our spreadsheet templates. That's the first. Or if you have all the data in your own internal systems, your IT guys can dump it out into what are called JSON files. These are just text files, but obviously in a certain format. And they can submit both both the JSON files or the Excel templates, they can submit them to our software. From within our software, we immediately validate it against all the business rules. You also have the XML rules. And the XML, the XSD rules, these are the, the simple ones, but there's still hundreds of them. So we validate your data against all these rules. But once you've passed all the rules, then we create the XML for you. And you can upload it yourself, or we can automate the uploading. What we've noticed so far is an awful lot of the 
companies prefer working with the spreadsheets. We've spent inordinate hours putting together all these beautiful forms and a lot of companies still prefer the spreadsheets. So you can upload your spreadsheets, your JSON files. We deliver it. We send you back the responses from Udemy. Someone put it very nicely the other day and um, they did come to our training so they realized how complicated Udemy is. And the guy took, came to the training, he then purchased the spreadsheets, more than happy with them. And he said, we have made something awfully complicated, very simple. That's, that's what we can do for people. As far as I'm concerned, IT should simplify things, not complicate them. Well, any last thoughts about MDR as a whole, Unimed as a whole, pre predictions in your crystal ball um, before we close out here? The, vig the vigilance they've said is coming mid-next year. They're saying that middle of 2023 that the clinical investigations will be ready. The clinical investigations, I'm not sure because it was at least double the size of every other module in there. Mm -hmm. And I think even 2023 for that particular one is very optimistic, which again is why I've mentioned the implementing acts because my gut feeling, I could be completely wrong and yeah, sometimes you could be wrong, but my gut feeling says that when they're finished the vigilance module, that they will decide that the system is fully functional because otherwise they could be waiting another two, three years for the other modules to come. So that, that would be the only prediction. And again, like I said, I could be completely off target here, but my gut feeling is saying that there'll be an implementing act after the vigilance is finished. Mm -hmm. And what would you say, um, how much time is it going to take for industry to comply? Well, if they want to sell their products in Europe, mm -hmm. they kind of have to comply fairly quickly. They do, there is a lead-in time. Um, it's, at the moment, it's voluntary until um, is it ne next year or whatever. Don't be fooled by the voluntary bit. Because at the moment, if you run into trouble with your uploads, the IT team, the Udemy IT team will help you because they want to make sure that everything's going to go through properly. But give it a few months until they're fully within their um, vigilance bit and then looking on to the next pieces. They won't be so easy to, uh, to get hold of. So honestly, some of the companies have been absolutely fantastic in getting ready, both big and small. But again, there's some other companies, again, both big and small, that have done nothing mm -hmm. because they didn't trust that Udemed was going to appear. And now all of a sudden they're kind of going, oh no, we need to start looking now. It, it takes an incredible amount of time. Even just getting the data together takes time. Forget meeting all the rules and converting it to XML and all that stuff and the batch processing. Just getting the damn data together takes a lot of time. So I guess my caveat to that is going to be, I anticipate those are the same people that are waiting to get to renew their certificates. Mm. Um, and that... You have got a lot more work to do, people, than just your technical documentation. People who are waiting have underestimated all the way around the amount and the scope and the areas that they're going to have to do work. I bet they haven't even thought about all the work going into Udemed. 
Yes. And on that note, I've got to run. <laughs> it was great to talk to you. Michelle, absolute pleasure.